Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing free tax filing, astronomical food delivery fees, and awful money advice on TikTok. Yeah, that's right, Joel. This is our Friday Flight episode where every week we dive into uh, several news stories that we think are going to impact our money, our personal finances. Uh, We're going to talk about the stories that you mentioned, plus many, many more during this episode. Yeah, but before we get to that, man, I got to let you know, I finally scored some dumbbells. Oh, nice. Uh, Like workout equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I think we talked about this a couple months ago where dumbbells were in short supply. They're they're almost impossible to find. They were. I found some. So where, where did you find some? Walmart. I don't do nice. much shopping at Walmart typically, but um, I guess I was on one of the deals websites and it was like dumbbells over here. And I was like, 
yeah, sign me up. Sweet. So, um, yeah, Emily and I have been working out at home as most people who try to continue working out. And I, I would say, for me, it's not continuing working out. It's kind of like starting again. Yeah. Um, I'm not really good at the consistency level of working out. Uh, my wife is much better at that than I am. But So basically, every time you work out, you're like, I guess I'm going to get back into working out again. Because <laughs> it's been a couple months. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But I, since the beginning of the year, we've actually been um, fairly routine, which has been which has been good. Nice. But yeah, those dumbbells, hard to find if you find some pounds because um yeah i think they were a reasonable price eight bucks a piece okay uh, which for uh how, how heavy eight pound eight pound okay. dumbbells. so I, these were totally for you i should say 40 <laughs> pound dumbbells um <laughs> yeah they're, they're totally for me 50 pound dumbbells for my curls <laughs> i think that's a lot it's been many a year since i've worked out but well, and we're doing you know reps over yeah, like, yeah i'm yeah. not like trying to bench press 300 and, yeah. and max out that's one of the advantages of doing what a little bit of strength but mostly just kind of like resistance and like high rep kind of workouts you don't have to pay for the really expensive weights. Yeah. <laughs> you just get the small weight and do it a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I think there's just so much too, even aside from weights that we can do at home, right? I mean, like literally on Using my- your own body weight. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. Like there are two things I do when it comes to making sure I stay in shape. First of all, uh, the fact that we're not biking regularly is still kind of biting me in the butt because since the pandemic, like our kids still, uh, they're not yet in school full time in person. Uh, and so I was counting on that bike ride every single morning, uh, to, to be able to take the kids to school. Like that was a way for me to get some cardio in. Right. But now I've got it on my calendar. Like I've got two days a week. I dedicate towards running in order to make sure I get my heart rate up. But then the other two days, what I call my workout days, I just do a bunch of burpees, <laughs> uh, before I jump in the shower. Uh, I try to do like anywhere between like, I don't know, 80 and a hundred burpees. There you go. Uh, I'm normally like shaking, you know, on the last set or two because uh, I'm still kind of weak. Uh, but like, man, you, you really get your heart rate up, keeps your core strong. I, again, that's my biggest thing is making sure that as I get older, that I don't hurt my back. I don't want to be one of those dummies that, that does something stupid on the weekends. And I'm like, oh, my back. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I've been there. <laughs> but uh, so, and so have I. But uh, between chopping wood and uh, doing my burpees, man, I feel like I'm, I'm able to stay in pretty decent shape. But yeah. I'm glad that you were able to find some dumbbells. I've also been looking out for a kettlebell because Kate's been asking about that as well because she wants to she wants to do those kettlebell swings like I do. If I spot one, I'll let you know. Please let me know. Yeah. but uh, and, and I think it does go to show. You're right. Like a couple dumbbells is, is helpful in you know certain kinds of workouts that you want to do but you're right like there's so many other ways to work out without having um, specialized equipment and I think I mentioned that, that we got like a stationary bike from played against sports you That's know back right. or, or in the earlier days of the pandemic and let our Y membership lapse and um, and I've been trying to get on that too uh, I, I actually did ride my bike a good 14 miles the other day which was really nice nice but um, yeah you're right like I just haven't been doing that as much well, you're not doing it regularly and part of it's like the cold yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, it, it has been cold yeah but I encourage folks to, to keep looking if you're looking for some dumbbells I'm starting to see them pop up in a couple more places and hopefully you don't spend an arm and a leg in order to acquire them nice quick little side personal note you mentioned the letting your y membership lapse just a few weeks ago when kate and i sat down and kind of looked at our budget for 2021 you know we're kind of making adjustments to some of the categories and we actually uh, increased the amount of money that's going to go towards the category that we're going to pay for a y membership out of and so we'll see you guys at the pool this oh summer. there you go <laughs> the y pool is the best part about the about being a y member for sure <laughs> that's i mean it's really the only reason we're going to do it yeah uh, during the summer but uh, I don't think we've talked about that. So. No. Glad you set aside some funds for that. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. All right. Uh, well, let's get to the Friday fight, the stories that we found interesting this week. And Matt, let's start off with mortgage rates. Um, they, they dropped to insanely low levels in 2020, right? And interest rates are still incredibly cheap out there for folks who are buying or refinancing a home. But there are some signs that we're starting to see that rates are going to be inching back up in 2021. So anybody who's interested in buying or refinancing, uh, you might want to take note. Rates actually just recently hit their highest level since November. 
that's not saying a whole lot because that was like <laughs> literally a month and a half ago or two months ago. But and they were still super low in November. But if you've been too busy to refi or you are hoping to see rates drop even further before pouncing, now might actually be the perfect time to strike. You, you might not want to wait any longer. Yeah, they say they might inch up, but it, it, that doesn't mean they're going to skyrocket. Right. Right. I mean, that the housing market, mortgage rates, anything associated with housing doesn't move on a dime. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many moving pieces. It's a giant industry. Uh, and I saw too, yeah, the, the Freddie Mac that they are forecasting that the uh, average 30-year mortgage rate is going to be at 2.9, and that's about what it is currently. And and so yeah, I think we might see it go up a little bit, but we're not expecting it to shoot up. But like you said, if you are or if you have been considering a refi, now definitely might be the, the time to do that. Part of the reason that rates are going back up is uh, because of the greater certainty about an economic recovery that is now happening. Uh, I feel like we can we can all kind of sense it maybe a little bit. Um, and of, of course, too, not to mention the stimulus money uh, that is getting into people's hands uh, and with a likelihood of even more coming soon. But will mortgage rates stay low? In all likelihood, yes. Uh, we are still in the middle of historic low mortgage rates, uh, and it's highly unlikely that we're going to see big increases uh, in the rates that borrowers are seeing when they reach out to get a quote from you know a credit union or a bank. But especially for people who can stand to save big money with a refinance, every little bump in interest rate means adding just a bit more to your monthly payment. So if you do want to score a refi while rates are in the trough, now is your time. All right, let's talk about taxes. Everybody's favorite topic, Matt. IRS free files. Tax season. It is tax season already. Um, And IRS free file is now open for business. And free file is just like an awesome place for pretty much uh, everybody who makes under $72,000 a year in adjusted gross income. If you made that much or less last year, IRS free file is in all likelihood the best place for you to go to file your taxes. And that's especially the case if you don't have like some of those added complications to, to your taxes, right? One caveat is that if your state has a state income tax, you'll have to do some digging to see whether or not you'll have to pay for that portion of filing your return. IRS free file doesn't guarantee a free state return, just a free federal return. I checked some of the options available in Georgia, Matt, where we live, and some of the companies on the IRS website will make you pay for your state return, but others make it free. So you just kind of have to uh, look at the options and see what exists and, mm-hmm. and find the one that works best for you. Either way you go, though, Matt, the worst thing you can do uh, this tax season <laughs> is to submit a paper return to oh. the IRS. And that's because it's going to take a whole lot longer to get any refund fund that might be due to you. And also, the IRS still hasn't processed uh, upwards of 6 million paper returns from the 2019 tax season. Almost 7 million. Six, <laughs> 6.9 million. Yeah. That's so many returns that have not been touched. And of course, that's because of the pandemic and how yeah. that's shaking things up at the IRS. And I saw the IRS had their funding cut last year by 20%. So the pandemic, plus having your funding cut like that, it's no surprise that there are so many unprocessed returns from yeah. last year. Yeah. And that's going to continue to be the case in all likelihood um, this year. Yeah. So I would just recommend everybody out there, file your your return digitally. Don't do the paper route because you might be waiting a long time to see that return get processed. Yeah, totally. And it's it's pretty early to file your taxes now, but it does make sense that some people want to get it done early, especially if you are one of the people who had an issue getting your stimulus money uh, a few weeks ago. The earlier that you file electronically, the sooner that you're going to see your potential tax refund plus that stimulus money. Uh, the IRS won't actually begin processing returns until February 12th, uh, but you can still go super early bird on this and submit your tax return now to get at the head of the line for when they do begin to process them. Uh, there's a lot of different benefits to making sure that you e-file uh, then e-file early as well if you're wanting to get your hands on that money. 
Yeah, and we could debate the merits of whether or not it's wise to get a tax refund. Uh, ultimately, you probably want to shoot for not getting much of a right, refund yeah. or, or you know, getting as close to that line as you can of not owing the IRS any money and uh, the IRS not owing you any money. You kind of want to try to hit the nail on the head if you can. Yeah. Um, but, but still, a lot of people are owed a refund because of the way they handle their withholdings. Um, and if you're owed a couple thousand dollars from the IRS, you want that money quick. Yeah, ASAP, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to Consumer Reports. Matt, this week published an interesting article detailing why peer-to-peer payment apps like Cash App and Venmo aren't as safe as paying with a credit card. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, but these uh, apps, which can be really helpful in some circumstances, don't offer the same fraud protections that you get with a credit card. And actually, one of the stats in the article says that peer-to-peer payment app fraud has jumped 73% just in the last four years. Those apps are great when you're splitting a restaurant bill or paying someone that you know for a service, but they're definitely not ideal for paying people that you don't know at all. And that's because if you use a credit card instead, you actually have rights. You have chargeback rights that are far superior. And that's basically because the rights when you're using a P2P app are essentially non-existent. If you pay someone via one of these apps that you don't know, well, your money can be completely gone with zero recourse for you. I think the best way to think about you using those apps is is treating any sort of payment you would make via one of those apps like you're handing over cash to somebody. It's going to be hard to get that cash back. And there's nobody who's going to fight for you to get that cash back from someone that you gave it to. You're essentially on your own when you use these apps to make any sort of payment. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely not going to get those app companies to help you out. <laughs> you know, just trying to get a hold of their customer service. If you have an issue, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Again, you know, it's not that these apps aren't useful for some forms of payment, but it would be great to see them institute some you know, some much needed safety measures for their customers. But until they do, uh, if you are, in particular, if you are, you know, buying either goods or services, you need to make sure that you're being extra diligent, uh, that you're being vigilant, you know, with, with who it is that you're making purchases and doing business with. And by the way, since we're talking about um, the benefits of credit cards, as the pandemic drags on, it has forced uh, credit card companies to reconsider uh, the rewards that they offer their customers. Uh, and some folks who have had cards in their wallet that have high annual fees for perks that they can't really use right now, we're talking about, you know, travel, <laughs> dining rewards, things like that, uh, they have seen some solid concessions from their credit card companies. And so if you have a card that you like, but the annual fee is killing you since you can't take advantage of those perks, call your credit card company and see what they can do for you. You might get a statement credit uh, in the amount of your annual fee, uh, or you know, at least close to it. Or you might even get a, a nice chunk of points you know, for, for staying loyal with them. It's always worth asking, and that's one small way that you might be able to reduce uh, some of the expenses associated with owning some of those more premium credit cards out there. Yeah, Matt, way back episode we did, episode 18, uh, we talked about the art of asking for a discount. Um, I'm nervous to go back and even listen, but I think- Digging real deep. <laughs> wow. But that was one of those episodes where we talked about like, what's the worst that can happen if you call your credit card company and you ask for that statement credit in the amount of the annual fee? Uh, those are the kind of things that people often forsake when it comes to their personal finances. They don't want to make that phone call. They don't want to hop on their credit card issuer's website, start the chat and make a request. But those are the kind of things that it, you know if you want to save 95 or in the case of some of these credit cards 450 dollars right in in an annual fee payment that you can do and we're seeing movement out there uh, these companies are responding because they want to keep loyal customers around just remember if you don't ask you don't get and so yeah there is a certain art to asking for that discount or asking uh, for a concession from a financial services company but you have to make sure that you're at least willing to ask yeah regardless if you're talking with your credit card company or another 
potential business out there that you are looking to, to interact with, you need to make sure that you're advocating for yourself on all fronts. Yeah. All right, Joe, we still have that food delivery fee story as well as financial advice being dished out on TikTok. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be good. Uh, we'll get to those stories and many more right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash how to money for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash how to money for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break. We're doing the Friday flight, covering financial stories that Matt and I found interesting this week that impact our personal finances. One thing we want to do on Friday flights moving forward, we want to start including a ludicrous article of the week. Uh, it just kind of sounded like fun to us, like because when, when you're pouring over financial stories, Matt, I feel like oftentimes we're running into kind of some weird headlines There's or some, some crazy stuff out there. Some for odd sure. stories, like it makes me think of a story that we talked about a couple months ago, where there was it was a Business Insider or something, and this uh, lady was complaining, like I started a 401k and it was a terrible idea, right? And we kind of tried to debunk it, and so that's kind of kind of be uh, the tack that we take with the ludicrous article of the week or ludicrous story of the week so so i guess why the focus then on ludicrous is it because we live in atlanta and we're thinking of luda uh or is it because uh there's ludicrous mode on on the tesla you want to go <laughs> super fast you know i don't know and maybe we can come up with a maybe better it's, name it's but. one of it's one of the two or it's both <laughs> or it's both yes all right we'll say that we'll say that but like i, I think too like th- this could be a fun way for um folks that listen to engage and shoot us an email yeah. when they see a ludicrous personal finance story out there on the internet like shoot us an email at howtomoneypod at gmail.com and you know hopefully we can incorporate some of the ludicrous personal finance stories that you see floating around out there into future episodes yeah not everybody has a question that they want to record themselves on but you know a lot of folks are out there reading and seeing what's out there in the news so yeah yeah all right so the ludicrous financial story that we wanted to throw your way this week is it's the uh, tiktok one the tiktok yeah. one yeah and the headline is <laughs> terrible financial advice is going viral on tiktok and this was a story published by Vox, and they talked about some of the awful personal finance content that's being published on the social media platform that Matt is completely intended for people that are much younger than you and I, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's on the platform that you and I haven't engaged with uh, engaged with others on yet. You, you, you know. We have an account, but we haven't yeah, yeah, we've got an account. There's older folks on there, but right, well, maybe we need to get on there and start combating some of the terrible advice that's going down on TikTok. Mm, maybe so. Okay, well, so yeah, the young people apparently are getting financial advice from ill-informed people on tiktok who are likely to steer them in the wrong direction on everything from like risky ventures like trading stock options or to selling uh, crappy insurance products that are ill-suited for most of the people that they're pitching i'm sure tiktok has a lot of like fun cool dance videos i feel like i've seen some of them but uh yeah maybe going to tiktok for financial advice is not the best place to turn yeah it's good for sea shanty sing-alongs uh, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not financial news uh and the thing is like there are some folks on there who are dishing out good advice, you know? They mentioned this 18-year-old kid who was promoting the idea of investing early and often uh, in order to get the most out of compounding returns. And that is what we are all about. Like, we can get behind that for sure. But, you know, there's a strong chance that if you're trying to get a personal finance education on a platform like TikTok, where people are uh, often promoting themselves or, you know, maybe, you know, they're promoting something that they want to sell you, if that's the case, then you'll, you'll find a fair amount of info that's going to be wrong, uh, misleading, or even scammy in nature as well. So yeah, if you're on TikTok, please beware. All right, Matt, maybe you should strap on your financial superhero cape, get on TikTok, and save the day. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds like a role for Joel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll consider maybe. Uh, we have the account. Maybe we'll maybe we'll open it up, fire it up, and start making content. I mean, we'll if see. the demand is there, then maybe so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's How to Money Pod. Because I told you that when I had, you know, months Someone ago. Someone else registered How to Money? Yeah, like, I searched How to Money, and I, I swear it was some kid in India. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is huge in India, or it was, I think, before they shut it down. I forget All right, if well, it's still up and running there. But. We'll have our people call his people. <laughs> 
yeah, make definitely. something happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on from our first ludicrous headline. Uh, we hope you can be involved in that in the future. And talk about something, Matt, that's uh, almost as detrimental to your money as TikTok could potentially be. Uh, that's food delivery fees. They're the worst. And Matt, most of us, I feel like, can hop on a bike or jump in our car to go pick up dinner instead of using the major delivery apps. But instead, so many people have opted to uh, hire someone else to bring it to their door. And that creates an enormous expense. I've literally, Matt, had food delivered once. And that was because it was like a sign-up bonus sort of thing. Like, get your first delivery free. And I was like, I'm going to test this thing out. out. I can't imagine doing it again, though, mostly because of the cost, right? And, And I just don't like my takeout orders costing me an arm and a leg because I was just like too lazy to, you know, drive a mile or two uh, or bike in order to, to pick up my food. Man, yeah. Call me old-fashioned, but I don't think we have ever had fast food or, or you know, a meal delivered like that to our house. Uh, we're kind of old-fashioned like that. Like Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman or Laura Ingalls Wilder <laughs> or something like that. Starting the fire with sticks, uh, <laughs> leavening our own bread, leaving yep. things out to rot, you know, all that kind of stuff. Eschewing food delivery. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a Wall Street Journal article that was uh, speaking directly to these food delivery fees. Uh, and, you know, the fees that you'll pay when you, when you use Uber Eats, DoorDash, uh, Grubhub, or other similar apps, man, they are completely getting out of hand. You really might be spending 50% or more on food that you purchase if you choose to get it delivered by one of these companies. And that's not hyperbole either. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally... Literally. Not, yeah. Your $40 in food could cost you a total of $60 if, you, if you're using one of these apps. And dude, one of the craziest fees we saw is that <laughs> if your order is too small, uh, if that's the case, you might be charged a small order fee, which is totally ridiculous. I just want a small sweet tea. Can you oh deliver my, it to my house? Dude, <laughs> it's going to be like, Thirty two dollars. So dumb. So you know, we'd recommend for folks to skip these apps and yeah, order takeout directly from your your favorite local restaurants so that your eating out budget isn't crushed by crazy delivery fees. Uh, and it's also too, it's better for those specific companies as well because sometimes they have to pay uh, a certain charge as well. Yeah, I've noticed some of our local restaurants either having their own platform or having a dedicated phone number where you can call to place your order. And yeah, you're right. I think that these platforms aren't as good for the restaurants uh, either. So yeah, they're bad for your finances, bad for the restaurant that you love too. Uh, just go directly to them yeah. <laughs> and go pick it up yourself. Also too, Matt, you'll obviously save the most money by shopping at the grocery store and cooking your own dinner instead of using these apps to have your food delivered. And grocery stores are teaming up with tech companies to make purchasing uh, groceries easier than ever. Kroger uh, is experimenting actually with a a high-tech grocery cart that lets you skip the checkout line. The way it works apparently is that you, you scan the items as you place them in your cart, and then once you're done, you're able to pay right there at your cart too, which means you don't have to wait in the checkout line any longer. And I will say, the worst part about the grocery store is probably the checkout line. And if uh, Kroger is going to make it easier for me to skip that, uh, make it easier to check out without having to even, I mean, even the self checkout, sometimes that line gets so long and I'm just like twiddling my thumbs waiting for the chance to check out. If I can use one of these carts, make it quick and easy. uh, I'm down with that. Yeah, that's totally a step in the right direction, man. And the thing is, too, like this shouldn't cause prices to go up, right? Because generally speaking, technology costs less than it costs to hire more employees or new employees. And in fact, some of the earlier adopters of this technology have found that these carts are even more affordable than those uh, self-checkout machines. I mean, that's that tends to be where I go <laughs> if I'm at a grocery store that has a self-checkout bank. You know, there's normally like six or twelve of these like self-checkout, but like three of lines. them are down, and it just kind of sometimes they're down. Yeah, yeah, it can be a frustrating experience or or if you're buying beer and then like the person working has to come over and check your id ID check i mean i'm sure maybe they'll have to do that with the carts too but yeah or maybe they'll include some sort of way that you can you know scan your id 
and then scan your face. I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know. Retinal scans to, to, to buy beer at the grocery store. Either way, though, I think grocery stores moving in this direction, uh, making it easier for us to buy groceries. Uh, that's going to allow us to save money when it comes to our food budgets. In particular, I'm going to really look forward to when you can, like, I don't know, like register a cart once you show up. And if you can just walk around the grocery store and have it follow you, how amazing would that be? Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? If, like, like a little leash following follow behind you, like a little yeah, puppy? yeah. I don't know, some sort of like digital tether. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like just being being able to go right, you know, straight to what you want immediately. Start look because sometimes it takes you a, a second to kind of find what you want, or if you're looking at produce. But what if you could walk straight there? It's following you the whole time. By the time it arrives, you're you know you're kind of grabbing your produce, bagging it, or whatever. Throw it, throw it there in the cart, and automatically it's like reads self-driving it up. carts. I yeah. like this. Yeah. yeah what think... if they compliment you the whole time too? Oh, great decision, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're loading up on the veggies. They'll be like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's talk about uh, just something else interesting we saw this week. A new report from U-Haul. Yes, U-Haul, the the place where you go to rent a truck so you can move has come out with a new study showing where people are migrating to in the United States. Who would know better, of course, than U-Haul? Uh, it's, and their report shows that Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are the hottest states that people are moving to right now. This report is based on the number of one-way U-Hauls entering a state versus leaving that state, and Tennessee takes a top spot, man. I feel like that's a good way of measuring it. It's like, how many U-Hauls do we have coming into the state? How many do we have leaving? And yeah. Therefore, you figure out like what states are hot. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. And Great uh, methodology, U-Haul. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Tennessee, Texas, Florida, top three. And none of them, by the way, have a state income tax. So no wonder people want to move there. Um, if, if you're looking to work remotely and are looking to effectively get a, a pay increase, consider moving to a state that doesn't have an income tax. And Tennessee is a great choice for so many reasons, Matt. And Nashville, so hot. Maybe you want to move somewhere else in, in, uh, in Tennessee just because Nashville has gotten so expensive because it's been growing so quickly. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but here's the thing, too. These states uh, that don't have income tax, they still have to generate revenues somehow. So you're not going to be able to like completely avoid taxes if you move to Tennessee. Uh, some states have you know either higher tax rates on gasoline or, or property taxes, or they often will have a larger sales tax. Those are, are popular alternatives to income taxes that help you know these states to fill their coffers. So uh, make sure that you're not uh, a big spender if you're considering a move uh, you know, to, to Nashville, because yeah, Tennessee has the highest sales tax out there. Uh, it would make a lot of sense to like if you knew that you were a renter uh, and you know that you're not a big spender, uh, there are certain states that kind of reward you for being frugal, right? Yeah. And so like if you can move to a state whose primary way of gathering taxes is based on sales tax and is based on uh, property tax, well, guess what? If you don't own property and if you don't spend a lot, Tennessee is a great place to live. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think actually, if you're the most frugal person out there, the ideal place to live is on the southern border of Washington State. You <laughs> you live there, you make all your money there, and then you go uh, just south of the border and you spend all your money in Oregon without having to pay any sales tax. I mean, that's the best of both worlds right there. Yes. I mean, it's similar to people who live in Chattanooga. <laughs> it's like not that far on the other side of uh, the Tennessee line. So if you live in or ne- live near Chattanooga, but then, you know, maybe Maybe you head south of the border, you go to Georgia, make your once a month Costco run, <laughs> and then you're being super frugal. Uh, but yeah, these are certainly ways, certainly things to consider, I guess, if you are going to move. Obviously, we're kind of joking a little bit. It might be a little little overly cheap if, if that's how you're living your life, but it truly is definitely something to consider if you are going to move, realizing that, that there are certain states out there uh, where your money is going to go further than, than other states. Yeah, that's true. And, and again, just because uh, for a lot of folks, Matt, moving has made more sense because of the pandemic because
because of the ability to work from home, taking those things into consideration, not solely basing your decision based on those things, but but taking them into account makes a lot of sense. It's definitely a factor. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of the states people are moving to, let's talk about which states have the highest average credit score. According to new data from the Credit Bureau Experian, Minnesota comes in at number one, trailed closely by Wisconsin, South Dakota, and Vermont. All these northern states. I know, right? Interesting. Uh, and what states have the lowest credit scores on uh, average? Yeah, I, I saw the story. The southern, the southern <laughs> states, sadly. Yeah, Mississippi is the state with the lowest average credit score at 675. Louisiana, Alabama, and Texas are also at the bottom of the heap, while our fair state of Georgia is fifth worst, sadly. Yeah, that's a little bit of a bummer, but you know how... Does this information change your approach to your own personal finances and, and credit standing? Well, you know, we mostly just kind of wanted to share this because it's interesting. Uh, but paying attention to your credit score is it's, it's, it's a key part of having a healthy financial life. And so no matter where you live uh, in the country, let's you know make sure that we're striving for a, a Minnesota-like credit score of 739, which isn't perfect, but it's definitely good enough. We talked about this actually back in episode 287 where we asked the question, do I need a perfect credit score? And the answer is no. You don't need <laughs> right. a perfect credit score, but you want to have a good one. If you haven't listened to that episode uh, and you want to find out why it is that credit scores are important, listen back to episode 287, a much more recent episode than 18 <laughs> <laughs> that you referenced earlier in the episode. I, I was, I was uh, a little nervous to even do so because, yeah, the, the early days, we've grown a lot since then. I mean, we've all made mistakes when we were 18. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing was, we made those episodes when we were in our mid-30s still. So, um, But all right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want the show notes and links to some of the articles that we talked about on the show today, we'll have those up on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah, that's right. And that's going to be it for this episode. So uh, everybody out there, we hope that you have a great weekend and we will see you back here on Monday. We've got a great uh, Ask How to Money episode lined up where we're going to answer a bunch of listener questions. And so Joel, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.